So this is uh, John chapter 4, verses 27 to 42. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Sorry about that. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it is still four months until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look upon the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard labor, and you have reaped the... I'm sorry. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of a woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of this, and because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Excellent. Thanks for reading, Thomas. Rosaria Butterfield used to live a radically different life. That was until she saw Jesus. Before she was living a life, she was living a good life, she was living according to her morals and her beliefs and hadn't done too much digging into who Jesus is. Now she's written many books on what it looks like to follow Jesus and urging people to see him and to believe in him. What has happened? What has happened? Jesus transformed her life. Jesus radically changed her. As she encountered Jesus, as she saw and believed in him, she was forced to reconsider her hatred, her lifestyle, her disapproval, as she became, as she became face to face with the one who created the world and who loved her so much. This is what she says. She says, One ordinary day I came to Jesus, open-handed and naked. In this war of worldviews, Jesus triumphed, and I was a broken mess. Conversion was a train wreck. I did not want to lose everything that I loved. But the voice of God sang a positive song in the rubble of my world. Seeing and believing in Jesus fully changed Rosaria's life. Why is that? You might have noticed a change in a friend who follows Jesus. You might have noticed the way that they live sort of change or sort of look different. 
Christians might stand out and be distinct from those around them. Why is that? What's with that? We're going to have a look at it today. We're going to see that seeing and believing in Jesus changes lives. We've got three points. Our first point is that a changed life is intriguing. To start our narrative today, we're actually picking up, it's kind of like part two of what we looked at last week. For those who weren't here, earlier in John chapter 4, we saw Jesus come face to face and have an encounter with this foreigner woman, this outcast, and he offered her something that no regular man could have. He offered her living water, something that would satisfy her every desire and that would never fade away, something that is eternal. And so as the disciples come back from getting some food, they see this weird, awkward encounter. This isn't supposed to happen. Jesus, the great Jewish teacher, the rabbi, the Messiah, isn't supposed to kind of encounter people, uh, encounter this woman, this Samaritan. James talked a bit about it last week. But we see Jesus speak this beautiful truth into her life. And here, let's pick up from verse 27. Have a read in your Bibles with me. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or, why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way toward him. So the disciples come, they read the room for once, and they're they're able to let Jesus continue to speak to this woman. And we see what happens. What happens to her is a very radically changed life. Did you see that in verse 28? I wonder. What was she at the water well for? She was there to draw some water. And what did she leave behind? Her water jar. She met Jesus, and she had an encounter that flipped her life upside down, that changed her completely. Because in Jesus, she received something that was far more refreshing, far more valuable, far more satisfying, and she left everything else behind. There's something about that, isn't there? There's something that's intriguing about seeing her life completely flipped upside down. We saw her go and say, this man told me everything that I ever did. That's pretty confronting. (laughs) That's pretty confronting for someone to know everything that you ever did. But despite that, she saw Jesus. She believed him. And the people of this town recognized that something, something had happened inside of her. Her life fell upside down. Jesus knew her. He knew her heart that was so full of sin and shame and selfishness. And yet he loved her. He extended forgiveness to her. He gave her life forever to this, this foreigner, this woman, this outcast. Jesus, uh, James touched in it, on it last week, but the fact is that Jesus knew the full extent of her heart, and yet he gave her grace and kindness and forgiveness anyway. We can take comfort in that. Jesus sees to the depths of our heart, and yet gives us grace and kindness and forgiveness and love to us. Jesus, this man who lived 2,000 years ago, changes lives. And he's changed countless lives over the last 2,000 years. There have been countless people who have had their lives radically flipped upside down as they've had a face-to-face encounter with the God who made the universe. 
You might have heard really radical stories about this. You might have heard people freed from a life of addiction or kind of rescued from a life of crime or something like this. There are definitely spectacular stories out there. Rosaria Butterfield is one of them. These are definitely intriguing, but there's something just as intriguing, something just as spectacular that's happening all of the time. And it might be happening in your life. So just picture everyone that's usually at this church at the moment. Many hundreds of people who can say that they trust in Jesus. A lot of people see and believe in Jesus. And that is spectacular. (laughs) When a child, or when a youth, or when an adult puts their trust in Jesus, when they see and believe in Jesus, that is spectacular. Their life has changed completely because they've been rescued from death and brought into life. They're changed from living just for themselves to living with Jesus as king. If you see and believe in Jesus, your life is different. Your life is different. You have hope. You have a purpose. You have no reason at all to fear death. You have humility, and you have a relationship with the creator of the universe. Seeing and believing in Jesus changes everything. This woman changed. People saw this, and people were intrigued. Did you catch that in verse 30? The people in this town, as a result of this woman's words, saw Jesus. They made their way towards him. Could this be the Messiah? Could this be the king that we've been waiting for, for years and years and years and years? And just as a spoiler alert, Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah. He is this king that everyone has been waiting for for centuries. And we see in verse 39 what happens to the people from that town. Have a look. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Jesus changes lives, and a changed life is compelling. And so his call now is actually for us to see and believe Jesus. Brings us to our second point. The time is now to see and believe in Jesus. The disciples who just came back from the grocery run um, have seen this scene and were like, Jesus, something, something's going on. You have to eat something. Come, we've got some food. And Jesus once again says, no. You've got it all wrong. You are focused on what's in front of you and what you can take hold of. But what I have is something that is so much more. What I have is something that is eternal. And Jesus gives us a nice little farming illustration about true food, about eternal spiritual food. Um, Have a look at me in verse 34. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. To finish his work. Does that ring any bells? Those of us that uh, may be familiar with John's gospel or the life of Jesus, you might remember what he last said on the cross before he died for you and I. He said, it is finished. And then he bowed and gave up his spirit in John chapter 19, verse 30. Jesus said, it is finished. The work that he had come to do at that point It was done. 
And so we're going to unpack just a little bit about this work, about this food, from what he says in verse 34 to 38. So make sure that you have that open in your Bible in front of you, and we're going to go slowly through this. And firstly, we see in verse 35 that food usually takes a while to grow. Now, I um, was pretty hungry the other day, and so I decided to get out some of my Woolworths Discovery Garden uh, seedlings, and I planted some carrots. And I don't have any carrots yet. I'm pretty upset about that. No one told me, I should have known, but no one told me that when you plant something, you then have to actually wait for it to grow. I'm not a farmer. Um, I've talked to a couple of people that are, and they say that there's usually about four months or so between planting and harvesting. That is, between putting the seeds down and then getting the food so that you can have it and give it to others. Now, This food that Jesus had, we see that in verse 35, isn't like this carrot, and it isn't like usual farming. Verse 35, don't you have a saying, it's four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests the crop for eternal life. And that's this food, isn't it? The food that we, are, that we are reaping, that we are taking, that we are harvesting is eternal life. This is the food that Jesus worked so hard to achieve. This is why he needed to die on the cross so that you and that I can live with him forever. Life forever, a full life, life truly as it was meant to be. Relationship with the God of life who satisfies wholly. The God who knows and who loves and who relates to his people This is why Jesus has come, to obey his Father and to finish his work. Eternal life, and that is life that we can have now. See, when when it's harvest time, when it's time to bring the crops in, people go crazy. People are so excited. Farmers work night and day, like for weeks and weeks at a time to make sure that all the food gets in. I found this stock photo of a guy who was really stoked that it was harvest time. Look at him. He's cheering. What happens when it's harvest time? It's, It's joy. It's hard work, but it's joy because we've brought the food in. We've brought the food in so we can have it. And we can give it out to others. The news that Jesus brings here, that it's harvest time now, would have been unimaginable joy to God's people. Unimaginable joy to farmers. And the last little thing Jesus teaches us from this parable about farming is that there is a partnership. There is a partnership in what we're doing with this eternal life. There is a partnership. Have a look. Verses 36 and 37. Or 37. No. Mid verse 36, the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. The eternal life that we get in this passage, the eternal life we get when we see and when we believe in Jesus, we get because of the work of others because of the work of Jesus, and because of partnership of people in our lives. If you're someone who knows Jesus and who follows Jesus, I wonder if you could think about just a couple of people that have spoken the news of Jesus into your life. I'm willing to bet that there are a handful. There's probably grandparents or uncles and aunties or parents or leaders or teachers or friends or colleagues or random people on the internet. 
There are so many people that have spoken the news of Jesus into my life. And I think there is a lot that have spoken to you as well. There's a partnership that comes when we speak eternal life to others. And so that means that for those of us that are a bit tired or a bit frustrated in speaking the news of Jesus to others, persevere. Keep going. Because you're working in a partnership with God, who is bigger than all things, and with many other brothers and sisters. This is a photo of some of our kids and youth leaders at our, our training weekend that we had earlier this year when we could still gather together. These are people that work tirelessly and night and day so that young people may receive the beautiful news of Jesus and be grown as disciples, as followers of him. If you're one of the people in this photo, or if you're serving, uh, speaking the news of Jesus to others, take heart. Keep going. You might not see the fruit of what you do right now, but God is growing. God is giving people eternal life. God is at work so that people can see Jesus and can believe. We have eternal life. That's a life for the future. That's a life forever. That's a life that will never be taken away. And that's a life for now as well. The time has come, says Jesus. See and believe in me. Take eternal life. Be excited about living out this transformed life. See Jesus, see life. Believe in Jesus, believe in life. This is certainly good news for everyone who believes. And so let's take this good news to others. Our last point, helping others see and believe in Jesus. It's harvest time for eternal life. People are out there that don't see and believe Jesus yet. Let's help them see. Let's be like this Samaritan woman who was changed and who spoke of the change that happened to her and who spoke of Jesus. You might have seen that people believed in him because of what she said, because of her testimony. She pointed people to Jesus. So let's have a read from verse 40 at what actually happened as they came face to face with Jesus as well. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Because of the words of this woman, these people got to meet Jesus. They got to be face-to-face -face with him. Two days. Can you imagine what you'd do if you were face-to-face -face with Jesus for two days? What kinds of questions would you ask? What stories would you share? What wisdom would you want to glean from him? When people come face-to-face -face with Jesus as he reveals himself, they can't help but believe. When people see Jesus... People believe in Jesus. And that's why it's so important that we help people, as we're talking to people about Jesus, we help people come to see Jesus in his word, to see Jesus as he speaks, as he reveals himself. This is why things like the Share Life course is so important. We're going to see a video later promoting, but I would encourage every single person to register, to bring a friend that's why things like Jesus 101 are so important, which we ran with youth this week and had 12 people every day talking about Jesus as he reveals himself. 
That's why things like Christianity Explored or reading the Bible with a friend are so important because we get to see the real Jesus and we get opportunities to believe in him and have a changed life. Seeing and believing in Jesus changes lives. And I think knowing this gives us two things. One for people who don't yet see and believe Jesus, uh, and one for people that do. Firstly, for those of us who don't yet follow Jesus, who don't yet see and believe him, what we have here for you today is an invitation. What we have here for you today is to see Jesus as the life giver, as the eternal life giver, as the life changer. The woman at the well and this pe- these people in this town saw him. Will you? Will you look at the evidence for his resurrection? Will you look at who he actually is and what he has actually done? The time is now. Do it now. Don't put it off any longer. See Jesus. Believe in him. And secondly, for those of us who do see and believe Jesus, keep going. The same message that I just said, see Jesus and believe in him. But also, for us, we have to... We have to have re- reflection. We have to ask ourselves, has Jesus changed our lives? Do we look back on our life and see the different ways that he's been at work in changing us and shaping us? What would our life look like if we didn't see and believe Jesus? And are they very different? Are they a little different? How are you letting Jesus transform your life? Because people are watching. As we're thinking about helping others see and believe Jesus for a changed life, people are watching. As we claim that Jesus has transformed us, are we showing that in the way that we live? It could be a big difference. It could be a little. But how are you living a life that is making the message of Jesus you speak more beautiful? Has the life-changing Jesus changed your heart for those people that are lonely or outcast, like this woman at the well? Has the life-changing Jesus changed the way that you think about submitting to and obeying the law? Or are you kind of just trying to do what you want and find excuses for that? Has the life-changing news of Jesus shaped your heart to serve him and to serve others? Or are you just wanting to do what you want all of the time? In the story of Rosaria Butterfield that we mentioned earlier, one of the biggest things for her seeing and believing in Jesus was seeing a transformed life, seeing an intriguing life, and seeing people love her well. There was a Christian couple called Ken and Floyd Smith. They would invite her over. They would listen to her rant about Christianity and why she thought Jesus was not real. They would patiently love her. They would cook meals for her. They would pray for her. And it was was this patient, this loving her, this, this character, this action, this attitude that was intriguing and that helped her see and believe in Jesus. People see your changed life. People notice. Jesus is our very great Savior. He is our Messiah. He's the one that satisfies all of our desires, the one that gives us eternal life and gives us eternal life now. Jesus changes lives. Will you see and believe in him? Welcome back, everyone. We're going to move into a time of Q&A now. So I have Josh here. Hello. He's going to answer some of the questions that you guys have asked at home. Um, So are you ready? I sure am. Let's do it. So (laughs) Rach has asked, 
Uh, how do we find a balance between knowing that the Holy Spirit changes us and working towards that change ourselves? Mm, excellent question. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Rach. Uh, we, there's a, a tension in the life as we seek to live a transformed life, as we seek to live for Jesus, isn't that um, because we're sinful and we're broken, we can't change ourselves. Uh, we actually have to kind of let God change us. But we don't have the power in that. It's God who changes us. And so there's a, a real tension that as you're kind of living a transformed life, you might be like, oh yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm making this change or that change. But actually, um, it's God who's at work in you. Um, and so the way that we do that was, the, uh, a little, what was the question again? It was like, how can we... Finding a balance between find a balance. knowing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like constantly recognizing your need for Jesus uh, your need for him to be at work in you and to change you um, and, and putting things in place to be disciplined in listening to him and in, in praying with him and in meeting with his people. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like humanity and God. Um, but humanity is entirely reliant on God's transformative power of the Spirit. Um, I think I might cover that a bit deeper at Sermon Extra, um, which will be on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Um, so I'll cover that then. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So like kind of humbling ourselves, but also allowing God to work by disciplines or mm. reading Bible prayer, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're kind of they're kind of ways that we get to know God more. And the more that the more that we see God, the more we have of God. Uh, like I said, these people saw Jesus and believed in Him. Like they have no hope but uh, to to change. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. So Becky asks, what is something that we can do when we're struggling to persevere in sharing the gospel with others around us? Mm. Um, so, yeah, so sharing the gospel, speaking to people about Jesus and helping them see him. Number one, um, whether we're struggling or we're not, pray. Um, it's, it's God's work for people to kind of come and see and believe Jesus. It's God's work to bring people from death to life. So, so pray. Um, number two, I'd encourage you to um, pray regularly and pray actively and to just keep reflecting on, it's kind of like the last question, keep reflecting on the love that God has for you. Um, if every day um, you actively go, wow, I can't believe that Jesus died for me. How good is that? Um, that's kind of just like fuel to the fire in your heart of like wanting people to see Jesus because you want people to have this same uh, knowledge and, and love of him that you do. Um, but it is hard sometimes. And so just being disciplined in that. Um, have a chat with Elliot or Rach Chan. Um, who would love to kind of mentor you in evangelism and in talking to people about Jesus. Um, yeah, we'd love nothing more than that. To have more and more people see and believe in Jesus. Yeah, Thanks, awesome. Yes. So praying, growing your own relationship with God, and then asking for help when you need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds really good. Um, so last question, verse 29. Mm -hmm. Interesting that the woman starts with effectively saying, come see the man who knows all of me. Thoughts on knowing Jesus... Thoughts on Jesus knowing us first, has that shape how we go and how Yeah, yeah. So thinking about like Jesus knowing us to then shape the way that we go and tell people about him. Yeah. yeah. So I think like there's a real power to hearing how Jesus has been at work in you. Um, there's a real power in hearing people's stories and seeing people uh, have a changed life. And so I think one thing that we can do is... Firstly, yeah, first of all, once again, know that Jesus has died for you, risen from the dead, but then kind of share a story and have a story about what that looks like. I think that can be a real kind of um, 
trick up our sleeves, that's the wrong thing to say, but just, uh, just give weight to our testimony about Jesus. Like this woman had a changed life and pointed people to him. As uh, so we talk about how Jesus has changed our life, like that'll help people see and believe in Jesus more. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that, Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Becky. Yeah, and um, the rest of the questions will be answered in Sermon Extra on yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday at yep. 4 o'clock in the Members of Christchurch St. Ives Facebook group. So if you're not a part of that, uh, head there and we'll add you in. And I'll be discussing this passage and maybe some other things that come up. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Jess. <laughs>